Good morning, everybody. So this is the Monday morning coaches call. So this is the call of the week where I speak specifically to those people who are coaches or who are leaders trying to use coaching and empowerment philosophies with their staff. So this morning, I'm going to spend um, a lot of time on talking about attitude. So attitude is really, really important. And I think most people will agree. So let me just kind of preface how this works within coaching. So when I'm talking to you today, I got to be honest that about 80 to 90% of my purpose for talking to you today about attitude is about you, not necessarily your coaching client. Now, you absolutely can apply this to your coaching clients or your staff, um, your team, whoever, but I really want you to focus on yourself first, okay? So as we're going through, I want you to be taking notes um, on the things that you need to address. And I want you to practice these uh, philosophies, I guess, for the next couple weeks. And just be aware that when you're working with somebody else, attitude plays a huge role in your work. and. I'll give you a couple tips towards the end about how you can work with your staff, okay? All right, are you ready? Okay, so attitude honestly is the key to growth in yourself and others, okay? So um, questions and answers are really two sides of the same coin. Every question has an answer. And if you need some answers in your life, then the first thing you really need to do is ask the right question. Getting the answers is often the easy part. It's asking the right questions that can be tricky. And I, I don't know why, but shaping questions can be so much more difficult than you might think. The quality of the questions we ask ourselves de determines the quality of the answers that we get in our lives. Okay, so let me give you an example of what I mean. How many of you have thought to ask yourself this question? Because if we, if we want to improve the quality of the results we're getting in our lives, then this question is, uh, is a question that everybody needs to be able to answer. What is the primary cause of my results? Okay, what's the primary cause of your results? Now, if you want to change your results, if you want to permanently change your results, then we want to know the answer to that question, don't we? So if you're a manager, if you're responsible for a team of people, then you need to know the answer to that question. Your boss is depending on you to know the answer to that question. And if you run your own business, then you have to know the answer to that question, right? Because your family is depending on it. So what is the primary cause of your results? Now, if you ask that question to a technician, they probably say it's technical knowledge or maybe dependable service. If you ask a manager what's the primary cause of your results, he might say teamwork. If you ask the president of a company, she'll say maybe it's vision, right? And it's interesting, but we tend to see the world not as it is necessarily, but as we are. Okay, it's our perception, our perspective. We see the world as we are. So you've heard the expression, if all you've got in your tool belt is a hammer, then everything looks like a nail, right? But the question is not specific to just making money. 
what is the primary cause of our results? We're talking about all of our results, the results we get in every area of our life, right? See, consciously or unconsciously, intentionally or unintentionally, whether we like it or not, we get results in every area of our life. And those results are often the effect of unseen causes. Okay, so what are those causes? What are the primary causes? Now, I don't know about you, but when I was asked the question, what is the primary cause of your results by a mentor of mine, I couldn't answer it. Now, maybe you can, but I didn't know what that answer was. And in that uncomfortable moment, the um, sort of mental squirming while you search frantically for the right answer, that's when it hit me. If I didn't know what the answer to that question was, if I didn't know what the primary cause of my results was, the primary cause, right, then how was I ever going to permanently change my results? Now, on the one hand, I was disappointed in myself for not knowing the answer. But on the other hand, I was overjoyed that I now knew that I didn't know the answer. Because while I didn't know, I didn't know, I wasn't looking for the answer. But now that I knew I didn't know, now I wasn't going to rest until I knew exactly what the answer was. Uh, many of you are, are longtime listeners to my work, and you know that we've uh, spent some time talking about this learning cycle. And so at this point, I didn't, I didn't know to even ask the question, where do my primary results come from? So in that moment, I was in that unconscious, incompetent phase. I didn't know what I didn't know, right? But once I became aware, oh my gosh, I don't know this, and I want to know this, I am now consciously incompetent. I now am fully aware that I don't know the answer. That's a great place to be in because it spurs you forward to know what the answer is, to continue to dig deep to find out what that is, okay? Now, looking back, I can see that all the problems that I've experienced in my life had really been because I couldn't answer this question. But once I really began to think about this I'm, and really spend some time thinking about it, um, pondering, understanding the question, and honestly, I've paid a lot of money over time um, in investing in myself to understand this answer, then, then my entire life began to change. And it certainly proved to be a, a worthwhile investment. So for me, once I got my mind around this concept that I'm going to talk about today, the impact was immediate. It gave me something called hope. Now, the answer is simple, but the implications are enormous. And it's simply this. To the question, what is the primary cause of the results that you get in your life? The answer is simply this. It's attitude attitude. Our attitude springs from who we are, doesn't it? Genetically, and more importantly, environmentally, who we've learned to be up until this point. It comes from our beliefs, our values, the way we see ourselves, and it's incredibly and critically important. Your attitude controls the quality of absolutely everything you get in your life. Now, when I heard that for the first time, I, I will admit that it was somewhat of an anti-climax, right? I was like, attitude, yeah, whatever. 
all this big buildup and it's attitude, like I've never heard attitude before, right? But I've slowly come to realize that you need a respectable understanding in order to comprehend the enormity of why it's attitude. See, we've all heard the word attitude before, but we need to know why it's attitude. And in order to understand that, we need to know what attitude is. But attitude is one of those things that's easy to identify and much more difficult to define. But listen, if we can't define it, then how are we ever going to change it? Okay. At some point in our lives, we've all been reminded of our attitude, haven't we? If you would just improve your attitude, your results would be so much better. If you had a better attitude, your grades would be better. If you had a better attitude, your performance on the the football field would be better. If you had a better attitude, you could earn so much more money. Or you'll never get anywhere with that kind of attitude, right? And it's a funny thing, but if your attitude towards the world is good, you'll tend to attain good results. If your attitude is excellent, you'll tend to attain excellent results. And if your attitude is so-so, you'll live in a world that is not particularly bad and not particularly good. It's just so-so. Well, you're probably asking yourself, what kind of attitude do you have? And Earl Nightingale had a simple test that will pretty much give you an accurate idea of, of what your attitude has been like up until this point in your life. Okay, there's just one answer, one question here. Answer this question with a simple yes or no. No thinking involved here. I'm going to ask you the question, what is your first inclination? Okay. Do you feel the world is treating you well? Yes or no? If your answer is a quick yes, congratulations, your attitude is good. And if your answer is no, your attitude is bad. And if you have trouble deciding, your attitude is average. Now, I know that that can sound a bit harsh, but the more you study this, more you think about it, the more you analyze attitude, the more sense it's going to make for you. Okay, you see our environment, which is another way of saying how the world treats us, is nothing more than a reflection of our own attitude. Earl Nightingale said our environment was a merciless mirror of our attitude. Whatever attitude we hold up, the world reflects back to us in our experience of the world. Our attitude is responsible for how much of our potential we utilize. Contrary to popular belief, it's not a matter of how much talent and ability we have that counts. It's how much of what we have that we use. That's what really determines our results. Have you ever worked with a a staff member or a team member and you know that they can give so much more, but they have resistance or they just have a negative attitude for some sort of reason, right? You can see it in them, but they just can't access it or bring it out because that attitude is holding them back. Yeah, well, whatever conservative limits our, our, our potential may or may not have, they are so far in excess of our habitual use of our potential that they don't even warrant a moment's thought. Think of this, Um, almost everybody can read, right? But how many people actually read on a daily basis? 
our ability may determine what we can do, but it's our attitude that determines what we will do. Lord Macaulay put it beautifully when talking about imagination. He said, most people's imagination is like the wings of an ostrich. They enable us to run, but not to soar. So we don't even walk. Isn't that powerful? See, we have a, a tendency to look at a few people who can soar, and because we can't soar, or we haven't learned yet to soar, we don't even do what we can do. We don't even walk. It's our attitude that determines what we will do in life. Attitude really does determine the quality of everything in our life. Okay, but what is attitude? Okay, attitude is this. It's your thoughts. So what you think about, your feelings, and your actions. Okay, your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. But more importantly, it's not just one of these. It's really the composite of all three of them. A good attitude requires congruence between all three of these. You can't act one way and think and feel another. That's not a good attitude. And you can't think something but do something totally different. They all need to be in harmony. Okay? Most people are pretty comfortable with the idea of cause and effect. And many of us have been conditioned to believe that everything outside of us is the cause for what happens in our lives, right? He made me so mad. Um, I had a bad day and it really upset me. Um, see what you made me do, right? We habitually look for causes outside of us. But we really must realize that we are responsible for a great deal more than we often like to admit. In fact, the principle of emotional responsibility is one of the first principles in changing our feelings about ourselves, other people, and the world. It, most people have never been told this before, but we are responsible for our feelings. It may not feel like it, but we are. And until we buy into that, nothing in our life is going to change. If you're unhappy with the results in any area of your life, or let's face it, your coaching clients, your teammates, your staff, the person responsible is always available for consultation. And guess where you're going to find them? Right in the mirror. Okay? My friend uh, Paul Martinelli and my mentor calls it playing who's the matter with me today game. Right? You play the blame game. And it's easy to do that, isn't it? It's always somebody else's fault. It's always them, never me. It's so much easier that way, isn't it? This is a, a an immature way to look at life. If you think about children, you know, this is this is typically what they do in their life, isn't it? They they start this at a very young age and my children are are 9, 12 and 14 and I got to tell you there's a lot of blaming and <laughs> and excuses going on these days, right? With maturity, you realize, hey, listen, if I want something different, I got to I got to think differently. I have to I have to be different, right? That's what we're talking about today. Wayne Dyer says that if you think other people are your problem, you're going to have to spend send the whole world to the psychiatrist for you to get better. And that's never going to work, is it? 
So looking for the cause is never going to bear fruit um, outside of yourself, okay? It's like the guy on his hands and knees under a street light looking for his keys. Um, along comes one of his neighbors and joins in the search. After 10 minutes, he says to him, hey, are you sure you dropped them here? They don't seem to be anywhere. And he replies, oh, no, I dropped them in my house, but the lights aren't working and I can't see a thing in there. So I thought it would be easier out here. <laughs> it might be easier to look there, but there's no point looking outside if what we're looking for is somewhere else. So uh, I'll give you this, this example. It showed up yesterday. Um, my husband had to go into work. He was working overtime. Something happened at work. Um, and it was one of those situations where, you know, stuff happens, right? I mean, it just happens. And he came home and he was just all riled up about it, right? And he couldn't get over this one little thing that happened. And it colored the rest of his time at work, it colored his hour-long drive home, it colored his interactions with his family. Um, I mean, it, it was a real issue. And finally, I had to just look at him and say, <laughs> and I think because I had just prepped for this call, this was forefront in my mind. And I said, hey, uh, how long do you want to continue feeling this way? And he said, what do you mean? <laughs> and I said, I can tell you're really worked up about this. You know, you, you just can't seem to let it go. Um, how long are you going to choose to feel this way? And he kind of looked at me and he's like, um, well, I guess I can be done with it now. I said, great, sounds good. And later on, he came back to me and he's like, will you, will you tell me what kind of mind voodoo that you did there? And I said, no, you just need to understand that you are choosing to feel the way you're choosing. And if that's the case, then you can choose to start or stop it, right? That's what we're talking about today. He didn't realize in that moment, you know, he was looking for the things that happened outside of himself that made him feel that way. When in reality, he needed to be reminded he was choosing to feel that way. Okay? See, a good attitude starts with personal responsibility, Attitude is the one thing that comes very close to being everything about success or failure. And I know that a lot of people, we get hung up on money and qualifications and experience and talent, and those things are important. But honestly, I believe the rarest and most prized quality of all, and therefore the highest rewarded, is attitude. Because it's the magic ingredient that brings the others to life. I've had staff in the past who have been amazing. You look at their resume and you're like, oh my gosh, this person is, is perfect, right? And then you get them in there and you get working and you realize they have a horrible attitude. Okay? Hire for character. You can train skills. Hire character, train skills. A great attitude is so much more than passively observing an objective world through a fake smile, right? A great attitude seems to magically connect us to all sorts of opportunities that somehow didn't exist before. Think about it yourself for a minute. Who would you rather work with? Someone with a good attitude or someone with a bad attitude? Would you prepare to be a bit more patient with the development of their skills that they were fun to be around? If they were happy and optimistic, if they were talking excitedly about the future? 
if they were all about the opportunities that they see? What about if they got around, along well with other people and they genuinely wanted to help? Of course you would. Of course you'd be patient with them. Everyone prefers to be around life-giving people rather than life-draining people. So our attitude will determine whether we tend to be lucky or not. Okay? People who expect to be lucky, who expect good things to happen to them more often than bad, actually go through life from one good fortune to another. A person with the attitude that they can't do something seldom does it. A person who believes that they can does, right? Maybe not the first time, but their attitude gives them the confidence to keep going until it gets done. They try a few times, they grow in the process, and eventually, bingo, they've done it. Now, they may proceed with caution and care, right? They may go to great lengths to avoid making any unnecessary mistakes, but they still keep moving forward. They have an attitude of positive self-expectancy. They focus on the good. Most of you know by now, uh, my favorite quote is by Ralph Waldo Emerson. It says, where your focus goes, your energy flows. People with a good attitude who choose to see the good get more good. It's a universal law. Now, um, I am a, a faith-filled person, and I believe that, that God, the grand overall designer, or the universe, if you want to label that, or whatever your term for it is, I believe that there is a universal law that when uh, this higher power sees that you have a good attitude and you're focusing on the good and you're bringing more positivity and life to this world, that that law says, I'm going to give you more. Let me give you an example. Uh, my nine-year-old uh, is a, a very energetic girl. She loves life. Um, she loves people in general. Uh, sometimes she struggles with getting her homework done uh, or getting her chores done. She's not very task-oriented because she is very highly people-oriented. That's not good or bad. It's not here or there. It just is, okay? However, you know, having her clean her room or, you know, fold towels or do any sort of chore by herself is a really hard thing. Um, and so I, over the years, have, have been trying different strategies. And um, she came up with this idea about six months ago. She came to me and she said, Mommy, here's my chart. And I said, well, tell me, tell me about your chart. And she said, well, I have determined, I've decided that if I do 1,000 chores without being asked and I put them on my chart, that you will buy me a computer. And I was like, wow, interesting. I said, okay. I said yes to it. And she hung up her chart. And I got to be honest with you, based on her previous track record, my thought was, sure, hang that chart up. Let's see how long it takes you to forget about it. Okay. So all of a sudden, what, what began to happen was she did it the first time and then the second. And then pretty soon she had 10 up there. 
and then 20. And then she was on this roll and, and I could tell that she was really picking up on it. And when she got to about uh, 80 or 90, I was like, Hey, this is a thing. And then I started thinking, uh, I maybe need to start budgeting for this new computer, right? Cause I agreed to this. And I have to tell you that now as time goes on and I can see that this is something she has decided and she's staying committed to, and she's having a positive attitude as she's going about and doing it. Here's the thing that I'm thinking. Hmm. I think when she gets to about 500 or 600, I'm, I'm going to buy her that computer. I'm not going to wait till a thousand. And I truly believe that this is how the universe works. When you decide and you focus and you choose to bring positivity and light where you go, opportunities will pop up to you. I know this is true because this is how it works in my life. Okay. See, we always retain the ability to control our attitude. We can't control what happens to us and we can't control other people, but we can always choose how we respond. Viktor Frankl, um, he was a psychiatrist held in a Nazi concentration camp during the war. And he said this, I love this. He said, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. When we accept our responsibility for our attitude and we accept what Viktor Frankl said that we can choose our attitude, it opens the door for us to capitalize on our vastly underutilized potential. All right, so now I hear you saying, Michelle, that was great, that was great, now what do I do about this? All right, so here's a couple things. So remember I said that this is for you first. So. I highly encourage you, and, and you may want to set your alarm on your phone, but at least three times a day, I want you to do an attitude check. So you're merely going to ask yourself, where am I at with my attitude? You can do a one to 10 rating, one being low, 10 being high. You can say, okay, am I, am I choosing the kind of attitude that I want right now? However you want to check in with yourself is just fine but at least three times a day. Um, I will be honest with you that when I first practiced this, uh, for actually a couple months in a row, I was working with my mentor and uh, I had to every single hour, on the hour, had to uh, set an alarm and actually write in a journal. So you can do that as well. Um, you don't have to, but somehow check in with yourself and on your attitude, okay? Now, what about if you're working with clients? Um, you know what? It can be as simple as asking them that important question. Do you think the world is treating you well? Okay. If they answer yes, continue on with your work. Okay. If they answer no, you may want to dig a little bit deeper. Or if you're seeing that you're having issues with your staff, just ask them this question. Do you think the world treats you well? Yes or no? If they say yes, they have a good attitude. If they say no, they have a bad attitude. If they have to really overanalyze and think it, it's probably an average attitude. Okay? The real issue is their attitude, not necessarily the results that you're trying to change. Okay? 
All right, so I see we're we're on our last minute here. So um, next week, um, what do you want to talk about? What what would you like me to cover? I would love if you would send me an email, Michelle at girlbyone.com, and just let me know what are some topics that you would like to know about coaching. Okay. All right, I am holding an image of you being intentionally influential amazingly aware, persistently present, and confidently coaching the people in your personal and professional life. So with that, I release you into the wild, go forth and prosper, have an amazing day, and get out there and enjoy some sunshine today. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.